0: Hello and welcome back. It's episode 80 of Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell. And today's episode, we are talking about sales in the fitness industry and a whole lot more with Stuart McKenzie of Fit Pro Sales. Within the episode, expect to learn about how Stu went from being a PT to a gym owner to returning to be a disgruntled PT before finally running his own successful sales agency and finding a lot of purpose in what he does. We discuss channeling your passion for work and how this has led to Stuart building a business that works across three main areas. This conversation covers all things sales, the big differences between fit pro sales and corporate sales, as well as some of the overlaps which might be helpful to you within your career if you don't work in the fitness industry. I ask what mistakes fit pros make in their social media, in their sales crawls and beyond, and it really is a bit of an eye-opener to dive behind that area of the fitness world. Lastly, Stu helps FitPros scale their business and he shares his best and worst experiences when he's used mentors and some of the online gurus that we see that maybe the mistakes that they're making are a little bit more obvious to some than others and you can avoid them by listening to this episode. Today's podcast is supported and brought to you by Factory Weights. We're talking about sales in the fitness industry, and this is not a hard sell because factory weights produce high quality, affordable fitness equipment that can support you either with your home workouts or some of the rehab or prehab you're doing, or if you're kitting out a studio, you can get affordable weights with just three pounds for next day delivery. Factory weights are undoubtedly one of my favorite sponsors that I've worked with because of the level of Hole that they're filling in the market. Anyone that's ordered fitness equipment in the last 18 months knows that the delivery is eye-watering, the prices are eye-watering. Factory weights tackle that head-on with high-quality equipment that I have tested many, many times in some of the shoots that I've done, but also in the garage gym that I was privileged to have access to through my friend Fraser during the period. Factory weights are heavy on quality, but light on price, and that price gets even lighter when you use the code CALL10 at checkout for 10% off. The website will be linked in the show notes. That's factoryweights.co.uk. Before we dive into this episode, if you're new here or if you're a long-time listener and you haven't hit that subscribe button, please navigate your thumb to the subscribe button or the follow button whatever podcast app you're on so that you don't miss any of the weekly uploads and you continue to show your support for the podcast. Without any further ado, let's get into this one with Stuart McKenzie. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cambro Conversation. And today's conversation, we are talking all things sales in the fitness industry. To do so, we are joined by Stuart McKenzie of Fit Pro Sales. Stuart, thanks for joining me.
1: Always thanks for having me on.
0: Delighted to have you. And another introduction for somebody to come on the podcast. I, I, I'm really using my network to reach all these different guests in different areas. So, a big shout out to the Savage Scholar, Chris Burns, for, for getting us connected. And as soon as Chris sent me across your page and was saying, "I think you'd have a good chat with with Stu. Here's what he's up to. Here's what he's doing." You come across as somebody that's very, very direct, and I think when you look at this particular area where you're teaching people how to grow their business, in particular, we sometimes find there's a little bit of a lack of genuine people and how they're how they're presented.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, there's a lot of people talking about authenticity but the more they talk about being authentic, the more they kind of hide behind fake authenticity. And it kind of just, you can just, you can smell it a mile away. You can just smell it. And it's, yeah, I, I don't think I've got enough energy to, to try and be that over the top, hyped up, weirdly fake authentic type thing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, that's for sure.
0: It is. And when you said that word energy there, that really struck a chord me. And I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of people now, not always on the podcast, sometimes away from it. But you yep. really see people's true colors when they do a longer form piece of content like an IGTV. IGTV is at the very limit, but more often than not a podcast or a YouTube video. You figure out what somebody's actually like because the facade and the kind of polished veneer that they put on socials that they want you to see quite quickly slips when you get into a back and forth for 45 minutes to an hour.
1: Yeah, you can say what you want on a post. You can say what you want behind, a, you know, professional photo in a nice car with a nice watch on and whatever, talking about whatever. But the moment, so like we were saying before, you know, everybody wants to have a podcast, but not everyone can have a podcast. Like you know, some of these people can can dive into things, and they, you can't you can't hide in a conversation like this. So so why why try and be something totally different if? the possibility of being found out is, is, is out there. Like, what's, what's, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like people are going to, people are going to buy into you and what, who you are and all of those various different things. So just, just be yourself. Like if, if I'm quite laid back a bit direct and like to sort of take the piss out of myself and that's just, the way it kind of is so if i was to try and be anything else it would honestly be so much more effort that i, that I wouldn't i just don't think i'd have i don't think i'd have the energy for it it's it's a lot of effort to do that type of stuff so it's just not what i'm interested in to be but
0: yeah exactly that pouring your energy into a false persona and a false facade which can be quite quite popular to do to to kind of make it as a a business mentor or a business guru but you're definitely plowing a a a different furrow when it comes to that so Stu for those that aren't acquainted with you give us a bit of a a bit of a background because I know you've worked across the the fitness sector you've worked across the sales sector what would be the the google maps tour of uh, your career and your background
1: Yeah, sure. well I got into personal training uh, when I was like 18 so it's like 12 that's sickening to say it's like 12 years ago now um and I wasn't very good I just I just thought you'd put a PT t-shirt on in the gym and everyone would could run into you were 30 pounds and, and they'd all queue up and that's obviously not how it works so we got into PT did incredibly terrible at it moved away from it did some kind of admin jobs did some boring stuff and then got back into it finally so I'm from the Wirral but I went and got a job in a in a pure gym in Warrington and did a lot better this time. I was around, sort of like 20, 20, 21 uh, as I came into this, um, and did, did a lot better there. A year later, opened up my own gym, uh, with, with one of the other PTs that was there. And this was like the beginning of the end of me in the fitness industry, even though that didn't happen until about seven years later. Um, my ego kept me in the fitness industry as a coach for so bloody long. And I tell I tell this all the time. Like My ego was the reason why I didn't get out of it. I thought people, random people on the street saw me as I'm, he's the PT guy. So that's all I had to be. Anyway, I'm sure we'll cover that. Um, owned my own gym. We did okay. We grew. Well, we we scaled up far too quickly in terms of we just got a bigger gym because we fell out with the landlords from from where we were like three times the size, 10 times the expenses. And um, I started to really lose the passion for coaching because it was just so stressful. I became a, I became a gym manager rather than a coach. Now I wasn't a personal trainer anymore. I was operations manager. I was the, the content creator, the sales manager, you know what I was, I was everything. In there. Um, after a few years of that, I think four or five, I then became, I walked away from that, uh, became an online coach and, did very well with that you know well compared to the gym I was doing very very well incredibly low overheads that's for sure um doing on the online coaching did a bit of coaching um like face to face again from a, outside of a friend's gym like a little facility that he had things happened whatever happened basically ended up stealing all my client all my in-person clients um and I found myself back in a commercial gym. The very first commercial gym I worked in all those years ago. Uh, two thousand. Back to square
0: one then, Stu, in terms just, of... Back
1: to square one, yeah. Um, and this was, so this was like 2000, 2000, uh, beginning of 2019, I think. I sometimes get my years mixed up, beginning of 2019. And I, I was just washing down treadmills and I'd lost a bunch of online clients as well. I, again, my passion for coaching was just dwindling. Like I, I was good at the content, I love doing that. I love building the relationships. I love chatting to people. I love the sale. It was just a dread afterwards knowing that I would have to look after them. So I wasn't really doing people a good service, and I felt really, really guilty about that. But I knew it was the only way I could pay the bills. You know, I was the PT. That's what I'm supposed to be. Um, from there, I saw somebody in one of the groups that I'm in asking if someone could uh, do some sales calls for them. And this was literally as I'm on shift in the gym, cleaning down treadmills. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I, I'm either going to jump out of a window in a sec or or I need to do something different. So I just messaged him was like, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Like, I'll, I'm, I, I, I think I'm good at selling. Like, I don't mind it. Um, did that. Six months later, I had my sales agency. Um, I had a bunch of people selling for me. I had a, a ton of clients that I couldn't handle. Um, we'd done... I think we've done about a hundred grand in in, in a couple of months for clients. Uh, And then from there until now, uh, we've closed over 3 million for different clients with predominantly being me and one of the guys here, my main sales guy. Um, So the team was even smaller. We had a smaller batch of clients, but we just went full force um, with those types of things. And then in between that, because the sales agency side of things wasn't really a good fit for most coaches, but I knew I could help them. Um, I created, um, just like a really, it was a really rough and ready course. It was like a 30 day, give me a hundred quid, here's, yes, sprint, here's, give me a hundred quid, here's a PDF download and we'll jump on a call. That then just blew up and expanded from there as well. So we've had a couple hundred, I think under 200 in total come through that course. And then because of the success of that, um, and consulting with some gyms and training their staff and, and all those kind of things in the arts of sales and stuff. I've now got, um, 31, 30, 31, uh, private mentoring clients as well. Um, all inside the fitness industry, you know, gym owners, online coaches, personal trainers, whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's all been like every, every new step of the things that I've been now have come from the success of the first thing. So this thing, the, the agency was working, but I was missing a trick with the people that it wasn't a good fit for. So I said i, I created something and served them that inside of this product, people were like, how do I work with you? One-to-one uh, this way, let's give it a go. And then that worked incredibly well. Do you know what I mean? So I, I've helped a bunch of coaches uh, launch like new ventures, like side ventures that have now become their main businesses and, and all these various different things as well. So it's really, really exciting. Like the, the passion for sales, both, the mentoring side of things it's like I, I love big ideas and one big idea of mine is what kind of changed my life so helping someone take a big idea and and see where we can take that is kind of like what kind of what kind of what gets me going nowadays yeah. so um,
0: in yeah sharp, in sharp contrast that gets you going to that self-awareness that you managed to have when it came to being back on that gym floor like you say on yeah. your sheets, cleaning the treadmills then maybe Doing your doing your RPT and then back doing a spin class, whatever it was, to pay your rent, and the fact that you just didn't find fulfillment in that is important. You eventually acknowledged it. I know you've just said that your your ego kept you there for oh, a, long a long time. time. God, yeah. What what were the main things that kept you then? The fact you said that when you were walking down the street with the you know, the pure gym T shirt on or whatever, you like you were like I'm I'm Stuart the PT. People in Warrington, people in the world know me as a PT. Is yeah, that the, yeah, yeah, Is that the anchor that held you?
1: Honest to God, yeah. Like, if I really think about it, like, I thought if I wasn't a PT, people must think I'm, I'm a failure then. If I'm not still a PT, like, I'm supposed to be the PT, I'm, I'm supposed to be a PT forever or a gym owner or something. So it was almost like, and it's walking down the street without any of my, You know, gym stuff on. It was just like, oh, what if, what if these people know that I'm in a gym? Like, no one gives it, no gives a shit, really. But that's just what was holding on. You know, holding me. I'd put so much time and effort and money into this thing. I was like, I've got, I have to make it work because, well, I have to. I've got no other options. I didn't really, you know, I didn't fulfil much with the education side of things in school. I didn't go to uni. I've got no real qualifications. I've been self-employed for so long. I'm probably unemployable i don't, wouldn't even know what to do with it you know what i mean like all these various different things was so like I've, I've got to stay. i've got to make i've got to make this work i've got to make this work and that was all that ran circles in my mind was i've got to make it work somehow i have to because and
0: the fact was, yeah the fact that you enjoyed the selling aspect and the marketing the content creation aspect of driving online clients and then driving one-to-one clients it's great that, thankfully, you realized that and you had a passion for that. Otherwise, goodness knows where you end up, Stu. But it certainly sounds like having that element of fulfillment, it snowballed into you taking on these sales calls because anyone who yeah. hears the word sales, and I ha- I've had a sales trainer on the podcast before who trains in the corporate world, Matt Sykes. He was an interesting guy. But people get a bit of a visceral reaction when sometimes they get asked to sell something. And yeah. There's this. There's the fear of rejection for starters. One of the, one of the biggest ways you can differentiate yourself in jobs like mine in the corporate world, in terms of business development, is by not being shit scared of the phone, and the fact that you weren't shit scared to jump on some sales calls for somebody in a in a in a in a kind of fitness coach group that you were involved yeah. in probably helped you stand out straight away.
1: Yeah, I th- I think what a lot of it kind of came to because. I wasn't someone, I didn't like think I was amazing at sales or, or anything like that at all. Like when I jumped into it, but it was one of the key words you said before was the self-awareness side of things. I don't think I had any, I don't think I had any self-awareness whatsoever, like originally because, well, I clearly didn't. And then it got to a point where, and it's something I always, always speak to people about now is that like, no nobody is, nobody's gonna, nobody's coming to save you at all. If you're in business, no one gives a shit. Your business doesn't give a shit. Business itself the economy, whatever, doesn't give a shit about you and your feelings and what you think you should be doing. It, it's it's all about the actions that you take and what you do with them. And I had zero self awareness. I, I thought the world was against me and it was everybody else's fault and everyone was to blame but me. i look at all this effort I'm putting in. Why 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 isn't it just being gifted to me? Like this this should be this should be for me. This should be for me. And I mean, there was some there was some there's some scary territory that we were in. It's, you know at some points like financially mentally like all these various different things. And it was only until. I was in that gym, I think I got a wave of self-awareness all of a sudden where it was like, I can't actually like, if, if I seriously look at this, what the hell is going to happen in the next 12 months if I don't change something? Because it, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't like to think what the route was, whether it was a job, whether it was whatever. I remember sitting there and I was applying. For, i tell you what I was doing when I was on shifts. And this is how stupid that, that, that I, and impulsive it can be sometimes i applied for i was applying for jobs um I, I, I messaged my old boss in costa coffee that i worked at about years ago if there was any available hours going um I had, I had a job lined up with them and i embarrassingly just never bothered because i took on the sales calls and it, you know whatever so i felt a bit bad for that but i was applying for like the nespresso counter in pc world to sell that i uh, applied to be a postman didn't even get an interview for that um and then I started doing like uh, these casino loopholes. Someone wrote me into doing these, you know, casino loopholes and max betting and stuff. And I was, I was spending, spending all my time, like only, like, oh my god, click this button here, click button, but, but you know, but, and I was just trying to find ways to pay bills because I wanted to do everything other than, other than PT. And then a huge, like I say, a huge wave of self awareness came around. It was like this isn't sustainable. This isn't what I need to be doing. Like I'm a fucking grown adult. I've got to, I've got to fix something. I've got to change something. And no one's going to do it for me. So I'm going to have to move. And that's why when I see in the sales calls, things like, you know what, sod it. I can't be scared of doing this. If I don't do this, it'll be something else. But let's act on this thing now. I can see where this could take me. And that's, that. yeah, don't, you know, I wasn't scared to hop on the phone like whatsoever because I knew what my other options were.
0: Nothing to lose. Yeah, at
1: that point, there literally wasn't.
0: Nothing to lose at all. And... I've heard you speak about that mindset of staying stuck, which is, is is a term that we I can probably get away as a Scottish person. You can probably get away from being from the world, kind of near Liverpool, Manchester, that kind of accent. Staying stuck, it makes sense when we say it. And yeah. not making the move would have left you in a position where, like you say, you don't know where you would have ended up mentally, financially, whatever. And, and refusing to settle for how things were. It seems like you took personal responsibility, which is something that's extremely out of fashion at the moment if you look at the 2020-2021 the COVID world, but we won't go down that rabbit yep. hole for, for, for today. <laughs> otherwise, this podcast will probably not, not reach anyone. So yeah, Christ. I, I wonder what happened within the six months of you agreeing to do some sales calls to you ending up with a sales agency. Obviously, you were good at it, but yep. what did that actually look like?
1: Okay. Oh, so I took on took on the first client and made a bunch of sales, you know, made a bunch of sales quite quickly for, for him. Um he referred me on to someone else. I was making a bunch of sales for them. So I was doing two people's calls. They both usually had anywhere between five or six calls a day. So I was doing, you know, eight to ten-ish hours of calls non-stop, just pacing around my house on sales calls. 25 pound a pop like that's what that's what it was that's what that's what my commission was at the time um and then because I, I was still in the gym at this point but I was spending all my time on the phone calls instead of PTing people I was just cancelling sessions and doing whatever and then it got to the point where I was like I was good at it and I was I was speaking to my girlfriend I was like oh, I, I could, something could happen here you know maybe, what could what could I do what could I do what could I do and bear in mind she's listened to all my Big ideas over the last sort of seven or eight years, like stuck with me through all of it, all of the shite, everything. So this is just another, yeah, yeah, sounds great, you know. uh, See what happens, type of thing. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to charge him a retainer. So I just messaged him. I was like, listen, if you want me to do this full time for you, I can, I can continue to do it exactly as I am right now, but it means walking away from the gym. Now, I know it's not your responsibility to pay my bills, but the way I want my product to look is you pay me a retainer plus commission. Now I can commit all my time to you without having to go and get other clients as well. And then I wouldn't be able to handle all your calls. And they were like, yeah, how much do you want? I was like, uh, this much. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. That's fine. I was like, right. Right. Okay, cool. You
0: didn't ask for more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, literally I, I upped the price. I upped the price a couple of months later they're like, fine, c- carry on, you know, whatever. Um, so that happened, and you know, the retainers covered all my my like personal outgoings, as it were, you know, bills and, and food and whatever else. And all the commissions were on top. And then I kept getting more, and because I was talking about it on social media, like just talking about what we were doing and the problem that it was solving. It was probably the it was probably the most thirsty my DMs have ever been, I'd ever experienced. Like I was getting constant DMs. I remember being on holiday. And I signed up three new clients whilst I was, you know, drinking a beer on the balcony type of thing. They were just DMing me. I didn't have to do any sales calls for it. They were like, I heard you do sales for XYZ. Is there something you can do for me? I was like, yeah, I can do anything. No, no worries. Let's get you in. I'll take it on. And then I had the dilemma of I can't sell five people's products what the hell am I doing? So I reached out to a couple of people who knew could sell, blah, 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 built a little team. And we just kind of grew from that. And that, that's what happened. Um, it was just, I was taking on everyone and anyone. And it worked to a certain point until um, it didn't really go badly or anything. It was just that some people's lead generation systems weren't what they said they were. So when the leads don't come in, the sales people get itchy. So it was just an unfair position where People were committing so much time to me, but the leads weren't coming in, so they weren't earning any. What they weren't earning any money, so I had to downsize the team a little bit, and we prioritized a couple of like a couple of key clients um, that were bringing in the biggest revenue. Really, so uh, that, that's kind of how it looked in the first. It was honestly, it was absolutely mental. Like it was crazy. It went so quickly, um, but it was the first stress-free holiday we had in ages even though I was signing people up. And I think I did a sales call last away as well, actually. Um,
0: but You were it was, solving it was a fit- problem though, weren't you? That's the key yeah. phrase that you've used. You were solving a problem where a coach or a trainer or somebody in the fitness space has a product. They are struggling to sell at the volume that they need to. And yeah. you with your, and I'm not going to say sales scripts, but patter and uh, structure and delivery were able to convert higher than they were. And quite simply, yeah. that was worth a lot of money to them. And that for me is the foundation of a lot of good businesses, isn't it? Where somebody's got a problem, yeah. you've got a solution. If the price is amicable and your percentage cut and commission is not enough to wipe out their margin to an extent they can't do it, then happy yeah. days let's go. And the other point exactly. you mentioned within that, within that uh, there, Stu, was when a client came to you and thought that you were the silver bullet to convert 100% of sales, that didn't matter if the top of the funnel, and I'm, I'm using corporate speak here, but I'm sure you're, you're, you're all over this as well, but the top of the funnel in terms of number of leads coming through wasn't high. So there was no point in them hiring you guys if they're only getting two or three a day or one a day, whatever it was, because even if you hit 100% rate, they weren't going to do the volume required to really move these their figures in the right direction.
1: No, nah, I mean, it was the conversation, uh, specifically now as well, because we don't necessarily need, like, new people. Like, I'll jump on the phone with anyone and talk about it, and, and they always think, oh, no, I just want to know the prices, and, and uh, I am not, I'm, I don't need you to sell it to me. It's like, mate, this isn't about me selling it to you. It's for me to find out whether we'll both make money, um, because if, if you get swallowed up in my fees and commission, what's the point? I'm, I'm the only one that's going to win in that scenario, but I'll only win in the short term. I want <laughs> both to win long term. <laughs> Yeah. one month that, you know, I'll, I'd say, you know, three, four grand in or something. And you've made one like, or something stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Um, I'd rather make consistent amounts of money for a long period of time whilst you are doing the same, because the bigger, the better relationship we have, the more opportunities we both have to work, you know, down the line and whatever else. So yeah, I always stay, I like, I actively steer people away from taking on the agency. I, they need to go away and figure out the numbers if everything is aligned properly on their side, because if it is, we can have a chat. If not, just get better at selling yourself, which is why you can buy my other thing. <laughs> do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's usually the way that it went. With um, with, that in
0: mind, with that in mind, Stu, and them, maybe perhaps working on their own selling skills, what is fit pro sales coaching? How would you define it?
1: So, Helping people to essentially dramatically improve their ability to sell their services. But in an ethical way that makes sense for them, it's it's in their voice as well, rather than, well, here's a, you know, here's a high converting sales script, just go and repeat words off a page. That's the way that I would put it. So, dramatically increasing your ability to sell in an ethical way and in a way that's true to, to you and how you speak.
0: Yeah. That's, that sounds a great definition to me. And I think, given the conversation that we're having and the conversation we have to start around these gurus and their templates and their cookie cutter approach and their kind of fake authenticity, it doesn't surprise me that you want to try and do it as a version of them. It's the same as whenever I've had sales training in the corporate world before. Sometimes like I I had a Welsh colleague, for example, that was mad as a box of frogs. Actually, a customer told me she was like, he is absolutely crazy, but they loved him. And yeah. he could sell to certain customers. And he was like our top performer in the first year, every year that I did new business. And he kind of gave like a training session to the rest of the team. And I remember coming out and being like, I don't think anybody can sell like he can, because the way he talks to yeah. customers, he'll phone them up and he'll he'll open with a joke on the phone. And I'm like, I'm not super serious, but I'm quite I'm quite um professional in my in my approach. Yeah. So I was like, I cannot behave like him, I cannot sell like him. Whereas maybe if you were like given this prescription by a guru to say, oh, you need to open with this particular line and it just doesn't sound like you, why on earth would you try and just follow that blindly when instead you could maybe t- think about the principles and the, the kind of the actual uh, structure of a call rather than just a generic opening line and a closing line and a, a, a yeah. question that you always ask.
1: 100% like I definitely think having a structure I mean a structure is technically a script you know call it whatever you want like fine we, we give people scripts but we give the education around how to make it sound like you like if we're if we've got this section here like I want you to move into this section next this is how I say it so what exactly you know what's the reason for you booking this call today doesn't mean you have to read it off the page so it sounds like you go so um Steve, how, so what did you book this? You know what I mean? Like you just want you just want to get on the phone, speak how you'd speak, flow through, make sure you do specific like like that, rather than like you say, talking to somebody else's voice. And if I sell in a certain way, it doesn't mean that everybody it's like giving meal plans out to people. You give a meal plan to 10 people, two or three people get fantastic results. The rest of them, you know, awful, whatever. Same so thing. The, so true. Same thing.
0: What do you think the big differences are between fit pro sales and the more corporate sales that maybe I'm coming from?
1: So this was something we were, that we were talking about previously, wasn't it? The fact that I think with the corporate sales side of it, so in the fitness industry, we're selling to people. So like from you know a coach selling to general public, you know, who maybe is inquired about something there is a, there's a little, there's usually like a little bit more convincing when it comes to selling the product than say potentially in the corporate world where they're in the market anyway, for the stuff, they're going to be purchasing something. So it may as well be from you. Um, do you know what I mean? There's, there's an expectation of a sale to, to, to sort of happen. So whereas light. in the fitness industry, yeah. yeah whereas in the dude. fitness industry, it's like, they, they may have inquired about the product sure shit doesn't mean that they want it <laughs> like you know what I mean so I, I think that's where it differs
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right and uh, we were laughing before we hit record that the industries I've worked in f- insurance and now furniture people like you say they're going to spend that money it's just about making sure it's with you for your service and that they maximise what, what what they're buying and that you fit it to them so it's, it's in the right place whereas you might get sam who swipes up in a story or signs up to an email list on a whim because he f- he felt small at the gym that day or he spent yeah. or he wants to get in shape for ibiza but he's not that sure if his budget will stretch to coaching because he's never had one before so he doesn't know yeah. and you, you must get so much of that almost kite flying um lead generation whereas most of the leads i speak to they probably spend money in this area already it might be less money than I want them to spend because my service is yeah. a different tier or a different standard to what they currently buy. Or it might well be they spend a lot more and that I'm not up to scratch for, for the the spec that they're looking for. And yeah, it's really interesting the difference. And I think one of the things that we said before was was the emotional element of Fit Pro sales as well. What would you say yeah. the biggest factor is when it comes to emotion?
1: So, like a lot of the time you'll so if someone's got paid, you know, paid traffic, that's how they're getting their leads from it. There's probably like almost less less emotion involved, I suppose. I mean, you've got to use more emotion on the call, but when it comes to the content, there's probably a little bit less. If you've got a good copywriter, like someone like Chris Burns, for example. Then they'll do. Then they'll, they'll. You know, it'll be easier when they are on the calls. A lot of the time, if you're using your content organically through social media, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's much easier to have the person be in a position to, to purchase. But when we talk about, like, emotion on, like, the calls, you, you will have to use it in, in a certain way. But the, the way that it's been used or, you know, manipulated over the years, especially in this industry, is it's always been the tactic to double down on and, and poke and prod and, and twist the knife in. And... It, it's one of those things where I personally don't believe you're going to be taking someone on in the right frame of mind. If you have just emotionally abused them for 45 minutes in order to take some money off of them. It, again, it depends on your niche, but again, it kind of doesn't either. Like I remember being, I remember being on some kind of call. I remember being on calls where people on the other end have told me that previously they've been, they've been told, you know, uh, that the, the, the mentor, whoever's told them has said, you know, if you make them cry, double your price and and things like that do you know what I mean like or or add a zero onto it or something like and I'm not I'm not even joking like those are the types of things that you'll come across um or like that I was on one where the specific aim was to like get them to a point of not necessarily crying but in that type of place do you know what I mean because then then you've broken them down now we can build them up and it's like Bollocks to that. I'm a personal trainer. I'm not a psychiatrist. Like I, I don't know how to deal or work with a, with a person, a man or a woman or whoever who's now an emotionally battered. I'm a personal trainer. Yeah, I do. I do fitness stuff. Do you know what I mean? Nutrition, nutrition and training. That that's my limits.
0: Yeah, it's very it's funny suitable. how it's very funny how emotion can emotion is important part of a sale because people buy from people, don't they? And they buy yeah, when. Yeah. There's yeah. A- they buy when there's a demand to and they feel compelled and everything like that. And these are important words to throw around. But, like you say, if it it can be quite an emotive subject, your body and like how you feel about your confidence and whatnot. And I definitely think there's sometimes people play on those other emotions in, yes. in an uncomfortable way. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about structure. And I think that might be for me one of the big overlaps between the two areas because when I've spoken to, friends that are coaches i've been either really impressed or horrified by the kind of agenda that they go into a, a sales call with a client with or a consultation call whatever the term they want to use But yeah. it's a call where they're going to present it's the sure. terms. yeah they're going to present the terms and they're going to ask you to to spend their money with them appoint me as your personal trainer sign this um contract or or sign up to the direct debit agenda seems to be the main thing what specific questions do you think often feature that you think are are healthy within a conversation?
1: So obviously, you know, obviously we we always start off with a bit of small talk, but this is something that I always kind of say to people is like, even in the small talk part, try and open up with some sort of positivity rather than um, you know, hey, how's your how's your how's your day been at work? You know, have you been in work today? Like I never try I never want people to ask if people have been at work because usually it'd be like, yeah, busy, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, oh God, you've got to start on this too. so it's like, you know, hey, how's your day been? Have you, have you been up to much the weekend? Have you got any plans coming up? You know, start that entry point of conversation. And it's like, ah, no, no worries. What, what is it you do for fun then? You know, no one gets asked that. No one gets asked, what do you do for fun then? And it can sound like a bit of a cringy, weird question, but I can guarantee they would appreciate the fact that you just asked them something like that. And so I always like to have it started off with a, with a real good. So it doesn't have to be that specific question, but just something positive that gets them in the right frame of mind, because they might not have been expecting a call. They might have forgot. They might not like they might not like being on the phone. You know, you never know. So anyway, yeah. so in that agenda part then, so this is just like the very start of the conversation where I like to essentially tell the person exactly what's going to happen so that there's no surprises at the end when it comes to the part of, hey, do you want to work with me? Can I have some money, please? It's just a case of literally like zero questions. It's like a statement. Okay. So um, aim of the call today is I'm going to run through a series of questions, um, ask you about what you may be struggling with, um, exactly what your goals are just so I can figure out and see if you are somebody that I can help. And if that is the case and you feel confident with everything that we've spoken about today, I'll give you an opportunity to enroll on my XYZ program. Um, If, you know, you do decide that it's something uh, that you want to go ahead with and finish it with that. Don't even say, is that okay? Like leave it as a statement and usually they'll just go, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Right, okay, perfect. So what exactly was it that made you want to reach out today then? Like, and that's it. Like Mm -hmm. the beginning, you've just talked, there's no surprises now, like at all. They know they're they're here for a reason.
0: It's not Scooby-Doo. You're not going to pull the mask off at the end and reveal the fact that you're now going to try and sell to somebody. You need to, it's like, bottom line up front and the bottom line is I'm going to propose at the end that we work together for, for a yeah. call. And it's, it's- Cause if
1: they're not, if, if they're not happy with that, like if they go, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that it was, I was going to buy something. To, like, Oh, you'd be like, Oh yeah. So is that a problem? Are, are you, do you feel you're in a position to purchase today? Like if we have this conversation, do you feel you would be ready? And if they say no, okay, that's fine. Not a problem. What we'll do is let's catch up next week. I'll send you a couple of resources over there have a little look around, go on my social media, find out a little bit more about me, ask me any questions and we'll catch up next week. I'm not going to pressure you. No worries, see you later.
0: So much better. So much better because deal with the objection early on rather than waiting to the end and then... Scrambling and chasing your tail to be like, oh, but my price is really competitive, or <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, this? and it, yeah, it's it, How it, much incredible. do you spend on
1: coffee? How much do you spend on wine? Yeah, let us really start pissing people off, shall we? That's that's definitely going to be the way to, uh, classic, to, to get their money off. Yeah,
0: you try and frame the cost versus something else that you spend your money on, and there is an argument. And when Mike Samuels and another friend, mutual friend of ours, was on the podcast, he was saying it is horrifying sometimes when you look at where people allocate their resources towards, if they were really, really meticulous, would they be better off off paying for a coach, a mentor or whatever for even six months and sacrificing some of the, some of the more frivolous spending. But that's it. That's definitely a conversation for another day. One of the other things I know that you do really well with your clients do is getting them to relay what's been said. What is the approach to that? How does it work in practice?
1: So, the, the kind of the next section or like the, the next kind of main section anyway, um, after small talk agenda, you know, asking them you know the, the initial sort of thing of what, why they're on the call. You go through a series of questions of, of asking, you know, well, what exactly is it that you need help with? What are you struggling with? When they're giving you this information, it's just always an opportunity for you to ask, what do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? And all you're doing is making them talk more. You're making them talk more, say more stuff, open up more, go through things. Okay, so when you say that, what do you mean by that? you've it, it's showing that you've listened people like to know that they've been listened to because a lot of the stuff that they are saying here maybe the first time they've actually said it out loud or to another person and they don't know you potentially they've never even come across you before or, or whatever you know ideally they have they follow you on social media whatever um but you're you're showing you're like you're mirroring of the set some of the things that they're saying you, you you're showing that you are listening and then when they when you feel as though you've got enough there like enough information from them you just say right okay so what you've told me is this. Now, if you can, re- if you can summarize that whole thing, all of the answers that they just said, they could be sat there thinking, fuck me. Have I just really just said all that type of stuff? Like, that's really what I'm thinking. We've just, you've diagnosed exactly where they are and yeah, you've shown that you're listening. Like it's, it's, it's hugely powerful, like massively powerful. Um, and it's, it's something that's proven like it's not something that I've made up like it's 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 proven in like negotiation tactics and all this kind of stuff do you know what I mean so um it's 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 really because I like it as well if I've if I've said a bunch of stuff to people and then they go right okay so you've said this 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 and this and I'm like kind of impressed because I can say all kinds of shit and not know what I've said so if they've listened win-win for me Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean?
0: they're able to so verbalize then. it back so they've really taken it on board and then it helps you to formulate your thoughts and next steps and I, i'm a huge huge yeah. fan of that summarizing of what's been said because you get a reassurance like you say you've been listened to and heard <laughs> and it may be this solution is is viable for me because it meets those requirements because i've said x y and z so no a big big yeah. fan of that and like you say summarizing before just plowing on all the way to the offer which again I think can be something that's done done really really poorly. Um, what mistakes do you see fit pros make especially the ones that come to you initially what, what are they what are they doing wrong
1: so they, they, they don't have any of this structure at all and they sort of they, they ask a question and just move on so it's like so so they, they could do a sales call in five minutes mm. and then feel awkward of asking for money so it's like you know okay you know so what is it you struggle with? I need to lose weight. Okay, how much weight do you want to lose? Uh, two stone. How long have you been trying? Uh, don't know, right, okay. There's like, there's nothing that you can do, you can't do you can't do your job with them if they don't give you information. Um, so usually it's terrible information gathering is, is one of the major mistakes mm-hmm. and not kind of, not being very authoritative when they speak either um, and taking control of the conversation, which can sound a bit strange, But ultimately, if you need to be the one to lead them through this process because they've come to you for help. So you need to do your job properly um, and guide them through the process and give them the best opportunity to get the thing that they need if it's the right fit. So, yeah, big mistakes are always not, not having the structure and being terrible at information gathering
0: yeah and and like you say just that relaying piece that we've discussed previously would be so helpful for them because as soon as you relay that somebody said you said you want to lose two stone and then your next question would be something nice and open like why is that rather than yeah. just you want to lose two stone okay well i think i can help you lose two stone you're like oh no yeah don't, don't try and yeah, get in yeah. bed on the first date that's always a ruin sales isn't it stop stop being so horny calm down yeah <laughs> 100% like I, I like using so
1: like you said there you know what why 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 do you want to lose two stone like I I I love the question So, what, what do you actually mean by that then because it, it, it's almost like a question that doesn't really make sense but it kind of does 100% because it makes them work harder for the answer like any like I always say as well like when it comes to like handling objections and and, and everything just any but at any point of the conversation where it's for you to ask a question to get more information What, what do you mean what does that mean to you then? You say you want to lose two stone. What does that mean to you then? Well, obviously it means I want to lose two bloody stone, but that's not the answer they'll give you. They'll go, oh, well, it means that, you know, I'd probably get into my, my clothes again that I really like. I'd probably feel more confident. I, I don't think I'd be as self-conscious when I'm wearing like T-shirts. i would be back into a medium size, right? It's okay. So obviously clothes and confidence is like a big one. Um, just talk me through that then. W- what does confidence mean for you? Yeah, You just ask me what things mean. And they have to like they have to reciprocate and explain it.
0: And it, do you know? Do you know? What I mean? do you know obviously, 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 I I don't want to say tactics, but these are sales techniques. But ultimately, it's also going to rule out uh, clients that are or potential clients that are never going to buy because it's just not appropriate for them because they don't really <laughs> care. They're just like they've just decided yeah. they want to lose weight, and they oh, personal trainers they help you lose weight. They jump on the call. But they've got no commitment. They'd be probably be a terrible client as well if they don't really understand where that what their what their why yes. is. To go all Simon Cynic on us, but <laughs> it's it's really really interesting that you're opening up these different avenues, and I'm a, I'm a big big fan of that. When it comes to mistakes that sales pros make beyond sales calls, what about when it comes to their their socials? What are they doing wrong on there?
1: I think one thing that's like re- really, really common right now, because there's a lot of personal trainers with with some great, like great personalities, a lot to offer, entertaining, full of knowledge, you know, and all these various different things. But I think because of all the different courses and all the different like copy and paste marketing types things and like quick fixes that people coaches want for the social medias, everyone's fallen into the same, 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 same. So like my, my newsfeed is full of coaches, obviously, and, and honest honest to God, you know who's purchased what course, you know who's purchased what graphics developer or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like everybody's content's the bloody same. And it's, it's fine picking up on trends, don't get me wrong, pick up on trends and move forward, but the mistakes they make is they just pigeonhole themselves in every other person's um, type of social media. So they, they niche themselves inside of everybody else the best way to create your niche is for you to step away from everybody else, become your own niche. You know you know what I mean? So yeah, big, big mistake that I see people making is they're just the same as everyone else. Same, same, same.
0: same. Yeah, generic. generic yeah. Um, same Canva graphics, same graphic designer, same... Same everything. posts about bloated versus unbloated, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the whole, yeah, exactly.
1: You know, oh my God, I'm going to start on them. But you know, like the, the whole, like the reels, like reels are, are incredible right now. They're doing big, big things on social media. And it's like, you know, I still see people doing reels where it's like...
0: Oh, the pointing thing, yeah. For those, sorry, yeah. Just, for those of the audio, it's pointing. One where you point to the boxes and then you do this ingratiating hand gesture, like work with me and uh, I can help you. Or it's like, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, they, honestly, that works so much.
1: <laughs> it, it's, cra- it's crazy because, okay, yeah, cool. Like, you know, people do that on reels. People got big views. Just do something different. Just do something a bit different, for fuck's sake. Like, I know you're just hopping on, you're trying one, you're giving it a go, whatever, but just put your own, bloody spin on something please like for god's sake so yeah i can talk about this for hours because it, it does wind me up but um more coaches need to talk more about what their service does and how it helps people yeah. Not in every single post but if they're going to talk about bloating and, and how this is me bloated, this is me not bloated can you refer that back to how your service solves that problem like spell out what it is that you do make your audience actually fully aware be, be fully aware and understand what your service is stop trying to get Virtual high fives off of the coaches.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Just, now,
0: now, just, just yeah, stop. Yeah. So when I first started my fitness page, I would sometimes use really high level scientific stuff about <laughs> yeah. calories in, calories out. But is it, but like deeper than that, in terms of like how your body absorbs it and stuff like that. And you're like, do you know the only people that like are excited by that are like people who are like really into fitness as much as <laughs> you. Know? And see the hundreds yeah. and thousands that you're trying to reach here. They just want to understand how it works in practice, not what Eric <laughs> or, um, yeah, I don't know, Mike Isretel are saying who are brilliant resources for maybe you who's like at that level, who really wants to understand it. But for, for yeah. Joe blogs who still thinks you can burn the bad fat from having cashew nuts or thinks that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, you need to yeah. address it at that level. And r- rather than, this, I think coaches trying to impress other coaches is certainly something that you you do see, and that's not going to sell you anything because more often than not, they're probably not going to buy from you, Stu. Absolutely not. In terms of your experience with your learning, because it's clear that you are somebody that invests in themselves, what are some of the best experiences you've had? And then, of course, we can come on to a, a rant about some of the the worst ones. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So in terms of some really good things that I invested in, um, as a coach I think one of the major things that that really sort of stood out was um my transition to online coaching um and where I kind of learned a lot around the content side of things uh, and, and ultimately the sales side of things as well uh, which was uh succeeded with, with OFB online fitness business yeah. and like and, I, and I'll happily like name drop that as well because of the the work that he does the work that I do inside of that company now, like over the time I've, I've evolved and inside of, you know, and I did the sales, but you know, everything. So, um, but that's where, that was a really good experience in terms of learning from a business owner that had mentors that were actual genuine business owners as well. So the people that like supplement from when, you know, you six figure, six figure Steve down the road, it was people who owned, franchises like you know big you know big or like big high level people so you can't I got the sense anyway that when I was learning I was learning like actual business stuff not just how do I earn shit loads of money and, and retire you know the next day type of thing so that was an incredible experience and to be fair more recently it's been from it's been from like audiobooks if I'm totally honest like I'm I'm finding for me I'm fine I need to investing myself at a high level in terms of the sales aspects and but i'm trying to find the best route for that because everything is so and this is no offense to any american listeners moment but it's so overly americanized and it's super hardcore closing style and that's i'll, I'll never ever be that i never want to be that so i'm trying to find the best fit for me to invest in that element uh but audiobooks like just listening to certain books and picking up certain things and applying certain things. How could I adapt what that says and apply it to me or my business or my life or my ability to sell, you know, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, those, well, it's not really two things, but those things are the ones that really kind of, they've been pivotal. So the, the whole OFB stuff was a pivotal part in my life. And it's brought me like two or three pivotal moments in my life moving forward. And then just getting into audio books uh, and listening to specific things and, and taking like, the four hour work week, for example, I didn't, I disregarded about 90% of that book. But if I hear one good thing and it could be in the first 10 minutes, that's all I'm focusing on. Yeah. I'll focus on that one thing I like, then I'll try and apply it as quickly as possible. That's just the way that I do it. I, I couldn't tell you anything of that book except for certain elements around like my mindset around working on your terms and being able to set things up. So that you don't have to be in one specific place, and you can outsource certain tasks. You know what I mean? Couldn't tell you anything else about that book. Couldn't tell you. But that, but that one
0: part registered. You now applied it with your yeah. life in your business, and here you are seeing yeah, certain elements. I are. like that book? And if you can take on board this element, then you're winning. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of that. Uh, it's very rare that you you read a book and the whole thing's a smash hit, though. It's it's very, very difficult because at yeah. the end of the day, I think. I think it might be Chris Williamson that said this on Modern Wisdom that a lot of self-help and development books are basically a blog, but fleshed out over 150, 200, 250 pages with lots of examples. And hopefully at some point you yeah. get what the example is telling you so that you understand what the message of the book is. And you're like, that's yeah. I think that's fair. Because a lot of blogs you read, you're like, oh, I feel like I've, I've learned quite a lot there. And Regularly, that blog writer is actually a, an author as well, yeah. and the book says the exact same thing, just over a over a longer format to get a book deal. What yeah, is my, uh, like? sorry. no, on he go, "Do what we say."
1: I was going to say, like, when it comes to like the self development side of things, like, I, I don't know if it's just me or or I'm, I'm kind of being like ignorant to certain aspects of it but like one of the best sort of um, self-development books that I listened to, and I've not listened to, to loads, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd that reads, you know, listens to hundreds of hundreds of a week, uh, but one of Kevin Hart's books, like listening to listening to him speak, I think it was the it was either The Decision or the one about his whole life story, like just listening to certain things of that, I was like, yeah, I can relate to that in certain elements and I understand that, so I'm going to apply what he's saying, you, you know what I mean, like little things like that. Because I've listened to like Atomic Habits and all those kind of things, and for some reason, it's stories that kind of pull, pull me in a certain way or make me think a certain way. Do you know what I mean? So when I was listening to like um, Shoe Dog, I honestly took that as a self development book for me.
0: Yeah, I want to that the founder of Nike. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and actually. um I've released it now, so at the time that this comes out, this, this, um, this episode will be it as well, but I spoke to a gentleman called Ed Cunningham who's behind a, a podcast called A Need to Read, and okay. he was recommending that a lot of our types of personalities do, who want to reach peak performance and do better at life read some fiction because sometimes we'll, we'll relate to a character and maybe okay, yeah. positive characteristics of that character might be things that we want to include within our life. And he gave some examples and I was like, that's actually quite interesting. So if anyone's not listening to that one, but it was interesting for me because we definitely have a bias to being like atomic habits, 12 rules for life, seven habits of highly effective people and shoe dog or I don't know, somebody, somebody's autobiography, we the wolf, all these different things. And sometimes we can learn from, from, from other sources too. Sources that you absolutely shouldn't learn from, then Stu, what what uh were the kind of worst experiences you've had with with gurus or mentors that you've maybe paid money towards?
1: I'm I, I do not think I'm gonna name drop because I don't want to get fucking sued or something. I won't do that, don't but worry. Honest to God, I remember um I signed up to one. The first one I ever signed up to, and he's a guy in my area. And uh, if you can understand my accent, you probably just have to do a Google search and find out who's in my area. Um and it was one of those things where it was the first bit of money that I, I'd ever put down. I only put down a deposit because I was so like uneasy about it all. It was like three grand that he wanted from me. told me he was going to make me a, a, record, a nationally recognized PT in 90 days with 50K in my pocket and all this kind of stuff. But the whole concept of this program was to plug and play, use my stuff, use it, use it, copy and paste it, adverts, this, 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 this. I did all that. And then I got threatened, threatened to be sued for plagiarizing. <laughs> um and all these various different bits and bobs i remember i remember asking him for help on specific things and you never got any contact with, with them or anything um uh, moving on to the next one uh, he, he was so the, the next one it was a big spiel about like you know well, what do your family think of you you know what, what does your partner think of you uh you know do you want to be a winner do, do you want to think that do you want them to think of you as a loser for the rest of your life and all this kind of stuff and i was like i was like 22 at the time do you know what i mean um, so I was easily kind of swayed when I was hearing these things. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be an idiot all my life if I don't invest in this program. Um, couldn't afford it. So got palmed off with like the PDF download, which was still about 1500 quid. Uh, but I actually made, I actually made a little bit of money from that. It was my first experience of close of being like a hardcore closer. We needed to pay rent in this gym that we had. I closed about 15 grand in two weeks. um, and I was like, I am the Messiah. Like, I, I am God's gift yeah. selling in the fitness to selling fitness now. So I couldn't give it. I'm going all in. I invested in his actual program. And um, the first call, we, we were on a, on a Zoom call like this, and we were told to put your hands together, sit in a certain position, close your eyes, and, and now we're going to start priming. You have know, to, like, breathe out your nose dead hard and all things like this. And I was like... Uh, I want to grow my business. What the hell are we doing? I just, <clears throat> I sacked it off and got a refund and, and didn't go back to it. Um, so yeah, they, those weren't, those weren't two great experiences that for sure, but I've been, I've been a part of others where like things start off well and then you get over promised, but then completely underdelivered um over the past as well. But yeah, they, they, those, those are the two ones that kind of stand out for me anyway.
0: No wonder. It's um, a big investments doing. And I, I know you'd said to me before, sometimes there's maybe like the the mentors like the the figurehead, but you'll then get outsourced quite quickly to, like, oh yeah, a VA or a PA or an admin person that will be your email contact for queries, and you're thinking, well, actually, I've paid all this money to ask a question about my business to, yeah, whoever it is, and you're kind of getting pammed off to maybe a bot response or whatever. And I know they're all for automation and probably streamlining your business, but they've streamlined their mentor service. That means you don't get any contact. And, that,
1: and that's the thing is, it's when they call it a mentorship. Like a mentorship is supposed to be, in my eyes, it's 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 working with a with a mentor. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it, and it's when they're marketed and sold to you as, well. oh, hey, come work with me. You'll be working with me. I will, you know, work with you through your business and blah blah blah. And then, you know, you just get pawned off. Like I, I think if you've got a digital product and a group, call it that because yeah. they're good. They work. They they do great stuff. Just stop telling people that it's one thing and then it turns into something else. And then, you know, when someone says, well, that's not what I wanted, I don't want a refund. You can't just turn around and say, well, ooh, sounds like a new problem. Do you know what I mean? You just don't want it enough and all this kind of crap. So yeah, it's a strange old world um, guruing in the fitness industry.
0: Yeah. A couple of final questions from me, Stuart. There's a kind of common theme on LinkedIn where I spend a lot of time learning that the, f- the phone is dead we should be using social selling we should be driving leads through our social media our, our instagrams and um, maybe even our email list which of course we know is very effective through our friend chris burns what's your thoughts on the phone because obviously it still plays a massive role for what your agency does and what you coach people yeah. to be better at
1: so it's one of those things like ev- literally everything works like like diets like anything in fitness everything absolutely works it's just whether you can actually you know keep up with it and do it so in my eyes like the reason why i believe the phone is not dead and never will be is because it's probably the easiest one out of all of them to to master like realistically you're not relying on any other skills because we always get i always get coaches that come to me and they're like oh i've got this product i want to sell it like i want to send it straight to a landing page or should i get them on the phone like well how much is it like 200 quid okay in an ideal world get You get great at copy, you do a landing page, you go straight to a sales page and they'll purchase. How good are you at copy? Uh, Not very good. Get them on the phone then. It's it's just the easiest one to master. You can, you'll never, you'll never replace a human conversation. You you just won't. So if you understand how to have a that's all that's all selling is, it's understanding how to have a proper conversation that leads down a certain path. The, the, phone will, the phone will never I'll never stop using the, even though I do the majority of the time to sell my own stuff it's, if people message me I'm like yeah cool this is what it is if you want it you know hop in type of thing um, but phone conversations no I don't think you'll ever I don't think you'll ever properly replace it I and, and the people that are saying it are the ones who are selling the other stuff do you know what I mean whether it's bots emails <laughs> and whatever else bias, so.
0: yeah coming from a significant bias and my last yeah. question before asking where to connect with you Stu is given that you've got this skill set and <clears throat> selling in the fitness industry, where else do you think you could apply it potentially in the future?
1: Me personally, or do you mean just sell- selling
0: in general? You personally, and maybe the agency as well. If you were to, if if, if the fitness world was taken away from you, where do you think you could apply? Yeah. The to be honest,
1: uh, I firmly believe anywhere because I think once you can understand how to have a conversation and sell, um, you can apply it anywhere because we 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 don't just sell fitness products anyway. Like we have a course. We sell a course that's provided for fitness fit, fit, pr, fitness professionals, um, but we are awaiting to start with a company in America that it's just purely business to business, it's got nothing to do with fitness, um, and that's going to be a you know a five thousand dollar product. Um, so it makes no difference to me if I know someone's got a problem that needs solving and a product that can solve it, I can I can match the two together. Simple. That's-
0: that's me being sneaky there, Stu. I've asked you a leading question because I think I knew the answer to that because <laughs> no, good. it certainly sounds like when you have your understanding of structure and people's emotions and how to relay information and how to move forward and how to be confident in your clothes after you've already told somebody that they're going to be met with an offer at the end of a, end of a call, yeah. then there's a huge, huge overlap into wherever you choose to apply that. So I think even those that have tuned in that have not been maybe fitness professionals will have learned a lot in terms of how to maybe how to maybe sell more of what they're doing. Cause I think ultimately everybody's in sales in some way. Cause whether we're selling a 100%. whether we're selling a, a a diet plan or a 12 week cut or whatever it is to somebody, we're all definitely selling something. And so I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Stu. Where should people head towards if they want to learn more from yourself?
1: Um so I post mainly on Instagram to be honest. Um Stu underscore fit pro sales is where I do. Most of my whatever it is that that I do kind of thing. So yeah, feel free to, to head over there and uh, drop me a follow. Just drop me a message to say that you've heard me on here. Um, I don't know, I do know where you've come from. Um, but yeah, you know, sales is one of those things that it doesn't just affect you in the sales aspect. Like if you get confident at selling, like I say, we're always in sales. We're selling every minute of the day, realistically. So you're more confident in conversations with opportunities creating opportunities, you know, all these various different things. It's it's something that can dramatically improve a lot of areas, not just cash in the bank, basically.
0: So true. And what a note for us all to finish on. If you have enjoyed this, guys, please take a screenshot, pop in your Instagram story, tag me at call.cambro and tag Stu as well. And I'll be back to speak to you all again very, very soon.